Welcome to Local St. Charles. This podcast is done in conjunction with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce and focuses on local businesses, their successes, their stories, and their challenges. The Local St. Charles podcast is produced by Changescape Web. Hey everybody, I'm Ken Tucker with Changescape Web. Today I'm joined by Tim Devereaux of Devereaux & Company and uh, CPAs and Business Advisors. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Ken, for having me. Yeah, excited to talk to you. There's not much going on in your world these days, is there? Not a lot. This time of year, it's always the joke about CPAs, where you know you got tax season, you're real busy, and you know, and then you got golf season outside of it. We've been extremely busy at Devereaux & Company, not just over the last year. The last year has been just wild. But really, it's just been continuing process as we grow. Just keep getting, getting new clients and, and going from there and busier and busier. And that's a good way. We'd like to go that direction as opposed to the other direction. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, so it's not like there hasn't been a few changes over the last three to four years. I'm sure that's uh, kept you guys hopping and trying to stay up to date with tax law change. Then with the whole COVID relief situation, uh, you guys have had to have gone crazy trying to keep up with that. Well, and yeah, for a while, it was kind of like you were scrambling. In, in March of 2020, our office didn't shut down, but people started working from home almost exclusively at that time. And I did that for a couple weeks. And, and we had, I've been eight, a six and a four-year-old, and it was impossible for me to do anything and get, be productive. And so I ended up coming back in, but it was, it's been wild this whole last year. And I thought the biggest change of 2020 was going to be the SECURE Act, which was a big change towards retirement plans. And I thought that was going to be it. But little did we know what 2020 was going to bring us at that time. As far as the different tax credits that are available or stimulus payments, you know, there was the unemployment compensation that a lot of people received. But the big ones were out there. You know, you had the, the PPP, obviously, and that spent. we spent a lot of time dealing with that in March and April of last year. Of course, the forgiveness aspect of it uh, as well later on. Now we're in PPP round two, and so we're dealing with that for, for businesses that qualify for that. So this time around, they actually did put some restrictions on it uh, where you had to have a percentage decrease in sales. And it didn't have to be the whole year, but it had to, it applied to more quarter by quarter. So you would look at most people fell into it on Q2 of 2020, and so you would compare your gross receipts for that quarter to the same quarter of 2019. You know, and if you had more than a 25% drop, you could qualify for another round of the PPP. At the same time, there were some payroll tax credits that were expanded for 2020 and 2021. This is part of that most recent legislation that was passed at the end of December. The employee retention credit, before you could get a PPP or you could do the employee retention credit, now you can do both. You know, and so you can't use any of the wages that you want to use for loan forgiveness on the PPP for the employer retention credit, but it really is, but you can use any excess wages towards it. And so for businesses that were shut down or even a partial shutdown in any quarter can apply for this. And they can also apply if you had a uh, significant reduction in sales for 2020, you're looking at, it's a 50% drop. The requirement is for that, but from what I'm seeing, a lot of businesses are qualifying for this tax credit, and it is, I mean, it's amazing. Wow. A lot of availability, and of course, you, you know, there was the other SBA programs that they had. Everybody was talking about the free 10000 free $10,000, and that was the, the idle advance that was out there, and the SBA capped that at $10,000, but then they also capped it at, you know, how many employees do you have? So if you have one employee, you got 1000 but there's been that, and of course, the idle loans 
that are out there, which are a 30-year loan at 3.75% that a lot of people took advantage of last year and went ahead and did that. And you could use that to pay for any expenses that you had. And of course, you had a long time to pay that, that back. Most businesses are not going to get 30-year 3.75%. And there were some strings to it with those IDA loans as far as collateral goes and things like that. So it wasn't the best fit for everyone, but for a lot of people, it made a lot of sense. And so what we're doing right now, besides tax returns, primarily what we do this time of year, what I focus on is corporate tax returns and partnerships. And so I do a lot of corporations, a lot of uh, S corporations, a lot of partnerships, and, and those are all our first focus. But at the same time, we're looking at, do these companies qualify for this employee retention credit can we go back to 2020 and look at this? And so that's what we've spent a lot of time doing. And I think it's going to be a real win for our clients. Hmm. Well, as you know, I, you and I have talked about this before. What you do just kind of baffles me. I know you work really hard to stay on top of all this stuff. And that's pretty awesome. And I think it kind of draws into focus more. I think businesses really need to be working with a strategic advisor, somebody who can really help them understand what's going on. I mean, if you wait until the end of the year, you try to bundle up all your receipts and go figure out your spreadsheets and look at your bank statements and all that kind of stuff. It's a nightmare and you're you're not going to be able to take advantage of things that you might have otherwise been able to. And I think you guys can help guide people do that kind of stuff, right? So on a scale of one to 10, how important do you think it is for a typical small business to stay on top of their books uh, as they go throughout the year? Of course, I'm going to say a 10. Right. I think that I think that everybody should do it. But it's the reality is, 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 is very simple. You can be that person that comes in at the end of the year and or in March of the next year. And so, you know, we need our taxes done. OK, that's fine. You lose a lot of opportunities. And so what we like to do at, at a minimum, I like to have at least one meeting outside of our normal filing of the tax return. So we're looking at your books. We're making sure everything looks good asking some questions and doing some tax projection. And so the goal with that is being, okay, well, if we're going to have tax, how can we mitigate that tax? You know, how can we reduce it as much as possible? Or if we get it down to as far as we can go, now you know about it, right? Don't like his surprises. And neither do clients. I found that out. It's funny. I'm having that. When I was new to that, I, I found that out the hard way, you know, and, and so you learn through experience on that. But the the reality is is that nobody likes them and so you need to plan for what we have in 2000 in the current year whether it's 2020 or what's going to happen in 2021 and anytime we do a tax return we're always asking about the coming year any big changes anything like that but then those meetings outside of that is really where it's important where you can make some good changes too and really from a managerial perspective just running a business it, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good to see your financials for 2021 in April of the next year. You know, it just doesn't make sense to, to do that. You want to be able to make informed decisions based on data that's as close to real time as possible. And that's our goal for a lot of our clients. And so if you let it wait, it can snowball on you and then it gets overwhelming where people don't even want to look at it because the thought can be so overwhelming just to, to get to it. Yeah. Uh, I do know a good therapist. My wife's a therapist, you know, as well, and so and so she she helps out with that and helps you with the, you know, the the coping skills on that for for clients. I'm sure but, you can get a referral fee or anything like that because that's probably a violation of your professional ethics. But <laughs> you could probably do pretty well for yourself if you could. But, but yeah, and you and you look at it, and that can definitely be a, an issue for a lot of businesses. Is that their primary goal is 
I need to drive revenue and right. increase revenue. And I want to do that. And that's what I want to focus my time on. Yeah. And at the same time, if you're not watching your costs as you grow, I find this with companies that go through rapid expansions or really any expansion. If you're, if you're not paying close attention to the expenses that you have, you could have a 200% increase in sales. doesn't matter. If you're not paying attention to the costs, you might have, you know, it's all for nothing in yeah. potential. And so that's why having a good set of books, right, in real time allows you to make those informed decisions that a business owner needs to make. That's what we preach. Comparative reports are so key. So that would include doing some monthly stuff, maybe monthly journal entries to get record accounts payables and accounts receivables in the correct period. So you have a good comparative report for the next year. When you're going back in, we're looking at February of 2021. I want to look back at February of 2020 and see where we were at. That's just a big piece of it, but that's that definitely is, uh, is something that can help a lot of clients by doing that. I, well, my experience, I deal a little bit with businesses' financial situations from the marketing realm. And I usually find out when a business is really struggling or when they need to try to find a way to increase their sales. That's usually when they're contacting me. What I've seen, you know, both in 2008 and, and through the past year is that if businesses haven't been really keeping up, they may be able to just plot along pretty well. But when times get really tough, there's probably a lot of fat that they could have cut out mm-hmm. that uh, wasn't maybe a big deal. Uh, it was kind of that siphoning off of wealth that they may or may not have known about, probably didn't know about, but it becomes really critical when your business starts to get really stressed. And so I think it's just a good financial habit to get into. Yeah, I can't agree with you more on that. I think that it, when times are good, it's easy to look inefficiencies and holes in your system. It really is. I mean, and, and again, like your main focus is to be not accounting, right? It's how can we drive revenue and grow our business? But you're right. In 2008, when, when everything happened there and the same thing really last year, it exposed a lot of inefficiencies and gaps in, in their accounting systems. And I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Having Running a tight ship is one thing, super lean operation, right? And you can do that. But you can also develop a plan, put a plan in place for equipment purchases or, you know, like if you've got an aging fleet of vehicles, things like that. You can always have those plans in place. We're going to retire these vehicles and trade them out, get new ones or equipment, et cetera. You have a plan in place to do that. And that way it can allow you to weather those storms or just subscriptions are a big one and different types of subscriptions that people have and just different inefficiencies with work and process and labor. And how long is it taking someone to do it and do a job and and should it be less and when times are going good it's easy to overlook those things yeah i believe i heard you say the other day that um meal expenses for businesses this year are uh, there's a big change there is that right yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah just another it's like the wild wild west out here ken uh, <laughs> every one. It is. And, and in some respects, it's been like that since 2018 when the new tax cuts came into play. And I've been using that term, the wild, wild west since then, or commercial rental property. Man, it's it's really a lot you can do. Items that you would have depreciated in the past, or maybe over 15 years, maybe over 39 years, first year, gone. Wow. You know, that's a huge difference. And so for anybody that would be doing a build out, maybe moving into an office space, they could write that off the first year, really take advantage of those tax incentives to do so. And meals, of course, they were always limited to 50% in the past. And so you go out to lunch, me and you go out to lunch, I'll buy and it's $30. So we get a $15 deduction for it, right? Right. Um, 100% now. And with the idea being to help the restaurant industry, 
entertainment, still zero. And they changed that under the most recent tax cuts. That used to be 50% along with meals. But they changed that to zero, and, and that's still going to be like that. But the meals having that that ability, the ability to do that now, yeah, uh, just great. And it's not, you know, and I'm not telling people to go out to dinner, uh, you know, every night. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, a way to help restaurants out, make sure people are going out, and and trying to get back to as normal as possible. Yeah, cool. So, um, I mean, we've talked a lot about taxes and tax law changes and, and things like that. But you guys do a whole lot more than just taxes, right? So talk about what all you guys do. Yeah, I mean, we are the whole spectrum, you know, in terms of accounting. And uh, a lot of it revolves around business, right? I, I would say the majority of it revolves around business. And so we do so we do financial statements. And it's not just, uh, you know, here's your balance sheet and income statement. So um, we have diff several different types of engagements, full audits, you know, that we do, which we're, we're actually looking at an opinion or rendering an opinion. And then we have reviews, which are kind of like a mid-tier uh, financial statements that has, uh, you know, we do some analytical procedures with that one and offer a limited opinion there. And then most people get, if they need something for a bank or there's some kind of loan covenant that they have with the bank or if they just need a set of financial statements, they'll do what's called a compilation report. So we don't actually offer any kind of opinion on that. We just state in the, in the letter that they appear to be free of material errors or misstatements. And that's what most people do. And those come with a limited form of different backend stuff that we have to do in terms of checklists and things like that. So we do a lot of financial statements. And most of the time, it's an annual basis. They need it just with the year-end tax return. Because there'll always be differences between a tax return and financial statements. So that kind of displays the differences there. As far as the financial statements go, we do financial statements with notes and disclosures where we're really getting detailed about the business for an external user there. And as far as that goes, in a lot of consulting and QuickBooks inefficiencies and how people are doing uh, running their operations. And sometimes I find that people have to key in data twice just to get the right information in. And so we look at just different inefficiencies in their accounting system and, and try to improve that process. Uh, we look at internal controls for clients. You don't see it as much as you used to, but like cash with a business. And so if a, a business is taking a lot of cash, we make sure that the controls are in place because we, that's the last thing that somebody wants. If you give somebody the opportunity and they have a need, typically you know, it might happen where somebody unfortunately steals. Yeah. Uh, we look at those things. On the individual side, we do a lot of individual taxes and a lot of, a lot of consulting on that side. And then not just, we don't just do business returns or individual returns. We do trust tax returns as well, gift tax returns all the time. And, and so that's a big part of it as well. Monthly bookkeeping, we offer that. We offer, we do offer some payroll, but we don't offer a ton of it. Usually I'll, I'll just refer that out for payroll. We offer a pretty wide range and we're peer reviewed by, for the state of Missouri because we issue financial statements. We have to do, and we do audits and, and reviews. Uh, and compilations, we have to be peer reviewed by another CPA firm that comes in and looks at our financials and gives us a blessing on it. And it's always a stressful time because anytime someone else is looking at your work, it, it can be stressful. It's good for everybody involved. Make sure that we're staying on top of things and doing it right the first time so we don't have a bad report when it comes to right. the state of Missouri. Nobody wants that. Yeah, exactly. So we do mostly around business as far as what we do, but we do a lot of consulting. CFO services, anything you can think of for an accounting perspective, we're in it. So CFO services, chief financial officer. So you actually kind of act as somebody's virtual CFO in that case? 
Yeah. And and so we'll look at that and we can get into it as much as we need to with the client. If we look at and really helping them grow their business, helping them make the, the good decisions that need to be made and implementing strategies and then and looking how that goes from there and, and not just implementation, it's you know all the way through. And so it can be very beneficial for a lot of different people. It's it's not the cheapest thing either. You know, I mean, there's a fee to everything. Mm. One thing that I like about us is that it's really fair with our pricing. We do hourly rates. And if I'm driving in the car and I'm thinking about Ken Tucker, I'm not billing you for that. But at the same time, if we're doing some work, we're going to we're gonna do a we're gonna set a bill. And so we're not the most expensive company out there. But we're not the cheapest either. We're kind of in the middle of the road. And we're very fair about it. And every year when I do a year-end for a company, and my time is a lot less than the year before, you know, I look at it, we adjust bills down if need be, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just go up every year. You don't see that a whole lot either. And so uh, always pride ourselves on that. I mean, we started, the company was started in 84 by my dad, Jim Devereaux, and it was built on small business. It's, you're helping people grow their business or manage, you know, their, their tax liabilities, the tax savings that they're getting, they're, they're taking their kids to dance class. And so you're you're really in the thick of it with everybody. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned I was going to ask you when you guys started. I know your dad as well, and uh, tell him I said hi. I will. Is he still down in Florida? Yeah, he's there. In fact, my mom came back okay. uh, over, the, over the weekend for the first time since October, and so she was here for four days. Didn't pick a good time. <laughs> Didn't pick a good time at all, but she got to see everybody and and all the grandkids and all that. He said it's way too cold. He's not coming. He doesn't like cold. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, down in St. Petersburg. I love it. Yeah, cool. So you guys are down beautiful downtown St. Charles overlooking the Missouri River. You guys have a really cool building. So you want to talk a little bit about that building? Yeah, yeah. We're in the Grand Opera House building. And so 1892 is when that building was built. Wow. It was an opera house. Uh, it was a general store on the first floor. And then there was the big staircase up to the second floor. Where we're at is on the third floor, and that didn't exist back then. That wasn't added until in the late 80s, early 90s is when the third floor was actually added. There was a staircase to the third floor, but it was just a balcony. Hmm. And, and so on the second floor is where the actual opera house was. And, and we still, we did get rid of them, but we had seats from the opera house. Oh, wow. And then we had a, a bar from the general store in the basement. And we always had some plans to do something with them just didn't come to fruition. I was like, what are we going to do with this really old bar uh, that's partially rotted? I don't know what we're going to do with it. But and I, I always, and it was in the basement and the basement was really neat. 10, 11 foot ceilings, it kind of slopes. So you know, oh, any, oh. on Main Street, you know, yeah. there's, the basement's not, I mean, the, the floor may be level, but the ceilings aren't, you know, and uh, <laughs> all the floors and everything's sinking, whatever it is. So we've got these big archways in the basement, brick archways that, mm really be cool for something at some point right uh, see what happens with it but it's yeah. it's a it's a great building being able to be down on main street even before we were at the opera house we were over we were basically diagonal from where we are now at 330 north main next to mr thirsty's okay and it wasn't mr thirsty's at the time but i've been down here so long i remember growing up playing in the water fountains that where main street is now you yeah, know, yeah. You know, couldn't drive through it so i pretty much grew up down here and grew up in these buildings so it's a wonderful thing to do. It's 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 fun. You always get to see a side, like of your dad growing up, and you don't get to see the side that everybody else sees. You know, when you, when they go to work, and and I've had that wonderful experience of, of being able to work with my dad. My brother Jimmy is is amazing, and he's running the show now, and he does a great job doing that. 
having the ability to work with your family. It doesn't always go great for a lot of companies. For us, it's worked out pretty well. And it's not just us here. It's everybody that else that we have. We have several different CPAs. We have enrolled agents. We have a lot of staff accountants and an admin team that is truly amazing. Like that we could not do our job without them. And they make everything go. And so just two Devereaux that are here all the time. And then my dad, Jim Devereaux, that that, uh, checks in from time to time. I still think of it as a family business all the time, you know, yeah. because I, tr- I feel like everybody that works here is part of my family. Yeah. Awesome. You mentioned that you work with corporations and things like that. I, I would assume you help businesses determine what is the most effective corporation structure, LLC, partnership, whatever. Yeah. Yep. We do a lot of that. You don't see a ton of like C corporations anymore unless there's a specific reason for it. But yeah, I mean, most people, it's everybody starts off on a, as an LLC, and you can choose how you want to be taxed after that. And so we always look at the best strategies for that. Yeah, cool. Do you guys work it with anything like uh, Music on Main or anything, any of the events down on Main Street? Uh, yeah, so the, there's the, the HDA, which is the Historic Downtown Association. We've been involved with them since the 80s, since there was a big push to, to open up Main Street. And so every year, we didn't get to do it last year. So I primarily work with Music on Main. I'm the guy selling you beer uh, at the Music on Main event. That's always a great event to come down to. And we didn't have any last year because of uh, you know what. But just seeing everybody down there, and it's typically, it's funny, it's usually the same people every year that you see down there. <laughs> uh, but we do a lot of that. They just had the big ice festival, and usually we do do some work with that as well. On, the, on a volunteer role, and usually I'm the setup guy. I, I help set up everything that, that gets going for the ice festival. But yeah, we're we're definitely involved with the with the historic downtown association. I mean, it's that association is really just there. It's a nonprofit, and it's there to benefit North Maine. And so they do things like Music on Maine pays for the ice festival, so the proceeds from that. And so they do those things in order to just provide more things for people to do down in St. Charles. Main Street's great. A lot of restaurants, yeah. uh, you know, to come down to. And, and it's, it's just great being a part of that. Cool. Nice. Anything else uh, you want to talk about before we, we sign off today? I know we covered a lot. Hopefully this year we're going to have an opportunity to see some more events down on Main Street, maybe a more normal fashion. I don't think it's going to be normal, but maybe, maybe making progress toward normal. I swear, if I hear new normal one more time. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I, I think the plan is like they had the ice festival uh, just recently, and I think that we're going to get to that. The, the plan right now is for music on Main and, and different events down on Main Street. My favorite one is Oktoberfest. Just love it. And they didn't have that last year. Uh, hoping to see those come back this year and everybody gets to a, a new sense of normal, whatever they're, whatever that may be, right? But yeah, it would be nice to, to see that happen. And, you know, and if it doesn't happen this year, or if it's more of a limited fashion, you know, limited capacity type, type of deal, you know, it should be next in 2022 for sure. Should be no reason why it wouldn't be at that point. But I guess we'll wait and see. Yep, absolutely. Well, Tim, thanks so much. I enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, and, Kevin, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. All right, take care. All right. You're right. 
We want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Please be sure and subscribe to the Local St. Charles podcast in your podcast software. We'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to visit localstcharles.com for more episodes, information on local businesses, free resources, and a link to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned. Thank you.